0: Jeremiah 33 this evening. We did a, a whole year on the theme of Jeremiah 33.3, 3, uh, just not that long ago. I don't remember how long ago it was now, but uh, not too long ago. And uh, Jeremiah 33.3 3 is the first verse I remember memorizing, which is strange considering you think of John 3.16 uh, Romans three twenty three Romans six twenty three those kinds of verses. But, um, when I was growing up, my dad would travel. We traveled with an evangelist and, uh, the evangelist would, would do area-wide crusades, which is where six, seven churches would come together and have a revival meeting all in one location. And my dad was in charge of all the preliminary setup, the scheduling, the making sure they had nursery workers and who was doing the music and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, then during those meetings, we'd have kids' meetings during, during the services, and Jeremiah 33.3 3 was the verse that I remember being used in the kids' meeting uh, to memorize. They would put it up on the board and erase the words and all that kind of stuff. So that's the first verse I remember memorizing, and it's a verse that's always been close to my heart uh, since then. And this chapter here is a, is a great chapter in Jeremiah, talking really a lot about comfort, um, God providing comfort. And joy, and again, somewhat restoration, those sorts of things, are all aspects of Jeremiah 33. Uh, Starting in verse 1, just to kind of give us the setting, it says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah the second time, while he was yet shut up in the court of the prison. So you see where Jeremiah is? He's in the prison. And uh, that gives you a good perspective of what follows now, of what God was saying to Jeremiah and ultimately to the rest as well. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for letting us come this afternoon and uh, sit together and learn from your word. And God, I pray that this is an encouragement uh, to everyone as it has been to me. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see here, Jeremiah in prison. This is a good reminder that no confinement can deprive us of God's presence. Um, I do not, I wish I would have thought about this before, I had a, um, a good little uh, insert, no that's not the right word, excerpt, uh, something like that, from, uh, from somebody uh, that was really good, I had a good, good thought about being confined, and the fact that God uh, can be with you no matter where you are, but I, I don't even know why I told you that, since I don't have it with me anyways, uh, you think back to the New Testament, Paul and Silas, remember they were in prison, they were singing at midnight rejoicing, praising the Lord, worshiping, all of those sorts of things, even though they were in prison. And it's a good reminder for us that no matter, um, even emotionally confined, um, uh, most of us aren't going to be physically confined in most cases, but uh, that too, wherever you are, God can be there. God's comfort and God's presence can be there as well. Look in verse 2, the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, the maker thereof, the Lord that formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name who secures your comfort god does he should Um, he's the one that that uh, is in control of all situations so he's the one who can secure your comfort how can we obtain comfort verse three call unto me god says and i will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not that's a great verse phenomenal verse one you need to apply it to your heart memorize it know it god says call unto me And I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You don't even understand how good I can show you, how great I can be. Far and above, we read the verse this morning, exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. God is so much more than the box that we put him in. And God says, call unto me. Not only will I hear you, I will answer you. Not only will I answer you, I will show you great and mighty things. Thou knowest not. Uh, Why, did did in this case, was comfort needed? Verse 4 and 5. For thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of the city, concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, which are thrown down by the mounts and by the sword, they come to fight with the Chaldeans, but it is to fill them with the dead bodies of men whom I have slain in my anger and in my fury, and for all whose wickedness I have hid my face from this city. Their sin caused the need for comfort and god was still willing to provide the comfort that was there blessings are coming for the people it says in verse 6 behold i will bring it health and cure i will cure them and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth Uh, there's healing that is provided here there is blessings that is provided here verse 7 more restoration i will cause the captivity of judah and the captivity of israel to return and will build them uh, as at the first, complete restoration, right? Bringing back to natural beauty, to original beauty. That's what God was offering here. There's cleansing and forgiveness. Verse 8, I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities, whereby they have sinned and whereby they have transgressed against me. We've talked about it a lot uh, in Jeremiah as well as in other messages, but the fact that God's forgiveness is a forgive and forget. It is a, it is a legit Cleansing, a fresh start, a clean slate, Um, each time we come to Him and ask for forgiveness. He never holds it over our head. Well, I know you're asking for forgiveness now, but don't you remember two weeks ago you did the same sin? That's not what God does. It's a true forgiveness, a true cleansing. He says, I'm going to cleanse all their iniquity. I'm going to pardon all their iniquities. Um, And we see, and and again at the end of verse 8, that they have transgressed against me. It's personal to God, and yet he still forgives. Uh, We see a reformation in verse 9. It shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all the nations of the earth, uh, which shall hear all the good that I do unto them, and they shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and for all the prosperity that I pour unto it. You see the glory that is going to come back to God because of his forgiveness, because of his restoration. There were nations who looked at Israel and said, God's forgotten you. Maybe they've said your God's not even real. Uh, maybe they looked and said all kinds of different things about their God. It was all negative. And it was a result of their sin that it came upon them, because the punishment was for their sin. God knew what was going on. But the punishment was because of their sin, and in a turn, it, it turned a so-called bad name on God god left his people that god abandoned his people and those sorts of things and god did not leave remember god was still there he was taking them through the fire and now he says in the the restoration and the reformation that is coming glory will be to god they will recognize and they will know who is doing this we see a change and now so much joy verse 11 the voice of joy and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride and the voice of them uh, that shall say, praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever, and of them uh, that shall bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord, for I will cause to return the captivity of the land, as at the first, saith the Lord, this joy that is returned to the nation. Uh, almost the same idea as pride, not sinful pride, but pride back in the nation again. Do you remember, and this might be a bad comparison, so I apologize if it is, do you remember September 11th, the, the, the days following, even the months following September 11th, the national pride that our country had, we are America, no one can beat us, no one's better than us, we are the best nation, we are the greatest nation, we are the most powerful nation and we're coming for you. And that was the, the national pride that just stoked across America following the fear that came September 11th and 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 again if it's a bad comparison i apologize but you see the same thing happening here the defeat that takes place in the captivity now the returning home and the returning back to what they were and just the joy and the national pride that came back and and not even national pride the the pride of christ the 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 joy of being god's children of god protecting of god providing of god blessing was coming back to the people there was a common joy Amongst the people. Verse 13, God talks about the replenishing of the land in the cities of the mountains, and the cities of the vale, in the cities of the south, and in the land of Benjamin, and the place about Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah shall the flocks pass again under the hands of him that telleth them, saith the Lord. There's going to be wealth, there's going to be peace, there's going to be industrial movement again <clears throat> as it returns back to normal. Verse 15, Uh, It says, in those days and at that time will I cause the branch of righteousness, you see the word branch there capitalized, to grow up unto David, talking about Christ as the rightful king, as the righteous king, as the king of Israel, as the king of kings, that one day will come. And it's replenishing that bloodline uh, there that has been promised to them. Uh, Verse number 17, for thus saith the Lord, David, uh, excuse me, for thus saith the Lord, David shall never want a man to sit upon the throne of the house of Israel. Again, looking prophetically to Christ's coming. Neither shall, verse 18, the priests of the Levites the, um, want a man before me to offer burnt offerings and to kindle meat offerings and to do sacrifice continually. Christ is king, Christ as priest, uh, the lineage of Christ that is given to us there as well look at verse 22 as the host of heaven cannot be numbered neither the sand of the sea measured so will i multiply the seed of david my servant and the levites that minister unto me you see the prosperity that god is giving and uh, the blessings that are coming along with it look at verse 24 considerest thou not what this people have spoken saying the two families which the lord hath chosen he hath even cast them off thus say the thus they have despised my people that they should be no more a nation before them. We see that people looked at God and His people differently, but God never wavered. Like I just said before, God did not abandon His people. He was with them even in captivity. God was in control of the situation. He was He was the one that placed them in the situation because as a result of their sins. God never wavered. The people looked around and they spoke, and saying that God has cast off His people. He's abandoned them. He is. Uh, literally left them out to dry. And yet, that was not the case. God never did waver. Verse 25, thus saith the Lord, if my covenant be not with a day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, then will I cast away the seed of Jacob and David my servant, so that I will not take any of his seed to be rulers over the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. For I will cause their captivity to return and have mercy on them. He's saying, if I'm not God, then this is this would be different but I am God and because I am God I am going to return the people back to their place I'm going to return the people back to their original beauty back to uh, them being my people and me being their God and we see this this wonderful I think a wonderful chapter of it starts off with Jeremiah in prison but the message of the whole chapter is so comforting it is a reminder it is an encouragement it is a A a telling of what is coming, of the joy, of the restoration, of the reformation, of the replenishment, of the wealth, of the prosperity, of the blessings that God is going to give uh, to his people. Why? Because God never leaves. And God never breaks a promise. And all of these things are true and fulfilled within within this chapter here. And I'll close with this, back to verse number 3. The comfort is available for you to... When you're going through confinement, not, probably not physical, maybe so. Have you ever talked to a stay-at-home mom who feels like she's confined? Um, we've got several stay-at-home moms in our church. Um, all of them, at some point in time, I feel like I've heard them express the, the feeling of confinement sometimes. Uh, so maybe it is physical confinement, but uh, a lot of times it's emotional confinement. We're trapped in our heads. We feel trapped. We feel uh, um, spiritually trapped. All these kinds of things, confined. God says that comfort is available, provision is available, blessing is available. How? Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. It's a wonderful verse. I hope that you'll memorize it if you haven't already. Say it to yourself. Say it to God. Pray it to God Uh, um, on a daily basis. It's a great way to start out your day. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for all the encouragement that's in it. Uh, Lord, there's so much comfort in this chapter. It's a reminder of, and specifically speaking of, Israel and and your people and what you were doing with them at that time. But God, how applicable it is to us today to be reminded, because we, being saved, are your children. And God, you are willing to always care and provide and take care of us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. God, you don't abandon us. We abandon you. And God, I pray that you'd help us to stay close to you, that we cling to you. Lord, as we draw nigh to you, we know that you will be closer to us. And God, I just pray that you'd help us to live a life that is uh, uh, claiming the promises of your answered prayers, of your help, of your comfort, and uh, Lord, that we would just cling to those promises. And God, that you would help us uh, with the needs that we have in our life. Help us now this week to please you, to honor you. Lord, provide for our needs, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, we're we'll back Wednesday night at 7. If you come, sure want to have you Saturday morning, 8.30 is men's prayer breakfast, and then uh, Sunday, regular service times uh, as well there. So Lord willing, we'll see you real soon. If you need anything, let us know. Lord bless you. Let's be dismissed.